Good morning. If you have a copy of God's Word, we'll be looking at continuing our study in John uh, chapter 1 this morning. John chapter 1. Uh, this morning we'll be continuing where we left off at verse 9, and we'll work our way all the way to verse number 13. So, John chapter 1, verses 9 through 13 is our focus and the topic of this morning's sermon is the reception of the divine light the reception of the divine light and just for uh context i'll read verses 1 through 18 remember that verses 1 through 18 is setting us up for what john will say in the rest of his gospel uh, he gives us, he's in a sense, is laying the foundation in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. He's laying a foundation, uh, getting us ready to know what it is that we're getting ready to uh, come to know about Jesus Christ. And keep that in mind as we uh, study uh, this, this passage, this section of Scripture. Keep in mind that John is preparing us for what comes in the rest of his gospel. And John, as he writes, even in his gospel, he's looking back some 60 years. Uh, Jesus has been crucified. It's been some, I think it's 60 to 80 years since Christ has been crucified. He's writing to believers in his time and he's giving them an account of the life of Jesus Christ. Uh, so, uh, this is important for us to understand uh, what John is trying to do. He's laying a foundation for understanding Jesus who came into the world. Jesus, the, the one who walked upon this earth. We need to understand uh, who this Jesus is, that his beginning didn't just begin when he was born in Bethlehem. His beginning is all the way back into eternity past. He didn't begin. He was. He simply was. He is God. And this is what John is, is teaching us. The, only the one who is God can do all the things, all the signs. Remember the signs that we identify in the gospel of John. Only God can do those things. Man cannot do those things. So John is setting us up to, to, to have a firm grasp of, of, of who Christ is before we talk about the humanity of Christ. Today we're going to Particularly look at we last uh, couple of Sundays, we've been looking at uh, Christ as God. Uh, last Sunday, we looked at the preparation, the one who will prepare the way uh, for the Messiah, the way for the one who is the word, the son of God. We looked at John the Baptist and today we'll be looking at the, the revelation of the light uh, once it comes into the world. So look with me at uh, the first 18 verses. Follow along as I read. Remember, this is God's word. John 1, 1. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. 
there was a man sent from God whose name was John. This is John the Baptist. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me from this uh, from his fullness uh, we all received grace upon grace for the law was given through moses grace and truth came through jesus christ no one has ever seen god uh, the only god who is at the father's side he has made him known this is god's word may god bless his word here this morning may he bless us with understanding of his word and as i said in verses six through eight uh, in our last study we saw that john came to bear witness about the light john was not the light john's mission was god-given it was a God-given mission to point others to the light so that they might believe. John's purpose for his ministry was so that people may believe in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is the light. This is, I'll just stop right here. This should be our motive for living in this world. Our ultimate motive should be that Jesus is made known. That his light is shining brightly in our lives, in the testimony of our lives. We should be pointing others to Jesus Christ. Why? Because that's what God desires. God desires that we honor the son. If God's desire is that we honor the Son, we should honor the Son. What a travesty it is today that many aren't pointing to the light. There, 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 there seems to be this idea that you can, that you can live for Christ and, and do other things. And, and those other things and those other uh, priorities in life are just as important as Jesus Christ. John is saying that Christ is, he is the priority, he, the priority. He should be the priority. He, he is the creator. He is the one who is before all things. He is the one through whom all things came into being. How is it that he is 
not the priority. We'll see today. Jesus, the, the light. The light broke into the darkness of this world, this 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 dark realm where sinful man lives. And, and it is characterized as darkness. Jesus Christ, the creator, came into this dark world and he shined the light of God and the world rejected him. They didn't receive him. And this is the response. And, 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 and this is what John will show us today, that the, the light broke into the darkness. And, and Jesus came and he's, and he shined the light of his, his, his the, the light given light and, and, and the reception that he, he, he wasn't received by, by the world. He, he wasn't received by his own people. That, that talks about how, how dark this world is. People say, you know, if I would have been back there with Jesus when he did all of those miracles, I would have believed. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. No, you wouldn't. You would if you if God did not open your heart, if God does not change your heart, if Jesus sat here on the front row, you would miss him. If he came into this church and 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 and, and he walked in here, you would not understand him. Unless God opens your understanding. And so Jesus came into the world. This historical, John points us to the historical revelation of the light. And John will show us what kind of reception he received. John will show us what was the response of those who lived in darkness to the light. Look with me at verse nine. We see starting here the revelation. We got three top uh, three points, main points that we'll be looking at. The revelation, verse nine, the response, verses 10 through 11 and the receiving verses 12 through 13. Verse verse number nine, the revelation, the true light gives light to everyone. The, uh, notice in, in verse nine, John starts out by giving the nature of the light. Look at verse nine. It starts with the true light, <laughs> the, the, the true light. This true means real, genuine, authentic. This, this, this true light is, is the light that surpasses all other lights. Christ is the true light. And before I go further, I just want to make this point. This, the, what John is doing here, he is establishing again the fact that Jesus is God, that Jesus is equal with God. Why do I say that? First John 1 and 5 says this, God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. If Jesus, the word, the son of God, if he is the true light and God is light, what does that mean? That Jesus is God. That 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 Jesus he it, he is God. He he is the true light. He he is God. He is the one who shines forth the glory of God in a way that is clear, that is unmistakable. Jesus is the true light because he is God. He is equal with God. He makes God known. 
John would talk about that in verse number 18 of chapter 1. It is he who makes God known. Jesus said it like this in John 14 and 9. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Jesus and Father and the Father are a part of the the Trinity Godhead, the God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, when, when you see me, you've seen the Father. And, 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 and Jesus shines forth again the glory of God. He shines forth God's power, God's truth, God's wisdom. In, in Christ, all that God is, is personally expressed fully in Jesus Christ. He is the true light. So if you want to know God, get to know Christ. If you want to know what God is like, study Christ. He is the true light, the true light that shines bright the, uh, who God is. It is he who is the ultimate revealer of God to man. He's the true light. All other lights, if there, if there is any light coming from them, they find they're, they're light giving in the true light. Think about John the Baptist. This is why uh, John is uh, John the Apostle is pointing out that John the Baptist was not the light. Remember what uh, John the Apostle said in verse eight about John the Baptist. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness to the light. John was only a witness to the light. No, there are other implications about this I, I want to get into. First thing I can say is that there's no light coming from man. The true light is coming into the world. We, we'll talk about that just a little bit. But John the Baptist, as great as he was, this great man, was not the light. He was only a witness to the light. Matter of fact, in John chapter 5, verse 35, uh, uh, Jesus called John the Baptist a bright and shining light. And the word light there in that passage is literally lamp. John is a, is a, a bright and shining lamp. John is, 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 is like a, a, a lamp that is shining the light of Christ but it's a dim light. He's shining the light of, of, of God and, and the necessity of repentance before God, but it's a dim light. It's not a bright light. It's, not the, it's, it's a reflection of the true light. Jesus is the true light. John is reflecting the, in a dim way the true light. We too should, when we make known the, the knowledge of Christ, when we make known the name of Jesus Christ, we're, we're not the light. We're just, a, we're just a reflection of the light. We're, just a, we, we, we're shining just a, a dim portion of, of, of who the light is and what the light is. But there is only one light that is the true light, and that is Jesus Christ. Moses is not the light. The true light. Moses shined the light of God, but he's not the true light. His light was dim. Abraham shined 
the light of God, but it was a dim light. John the Baptist again shined the light of God and of Christ, but it was a dim light. There is only one true light, and that's Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John 18 and 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. In John 9 and 5, Jesus says, as long as I am in the world, I am. Notice the preciseness of that statement. I am the light. I am uh, the, the, the light of the world. John 12 and 46 says, Jesus says, I have come into the world into the world as light. So whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. Those who knew Jesus as God had the light turned on in their hearts and they see Christ. And when 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 one sees Jesus as the Christ, when one sees Jesus as the God and embrace him as that and trust in him as that and believes in him, in him as, as that, the light is turned on. Have the light been turned on in your life? I can remember clearly when the light was turned on in my life. I remember I, I grew up, and I probably told you this, I grew up reading the Bible. I grew up going to church. Every time the doors of the church was open, I was there. But the light wasn't on. I remember my friend gave me a, a New Testament version of the Bible. It was an English translation, one of the, the modern translations. And I opened to, the, to, to Paul's letter to the Romans. And I can't explain it to you. All I know is I'm reading Romans and the light was on. Something was different. The, the true light has shone in my heart and I was understanding what I was reading. I was able to make connections with God and with Christ and what I read. It was because the true light has shined in my heart. Jesus, and I can truly say Jesus is the true light. There is no, no other competition in my life in regards to priority. Not my wife, not my children, not what I'm doing right now. Nothing else competes with the true light. Nothing can take its place. Because Jesus is the true light. Those who come to know Jesus as the true light, uh, they, they to some degree perceive the truth about God and his glory and his plan of redemption. I tell you, I saw that clearly as I was reading through Paul's letter to the Romans. It was because the light had shined in my heart and he enabled me to understand the nature of God and God's salvation. Jesus is the true light. Notice, look again at verse nine. Notice the revelation of the true light, which gives light to everyone. Now, 
there's a couple of observations I need to make before we go further. This doesn't mean that Jesus came to bring about universal salvation. That's not what John is getting at, which gives light to everyone. Now, there will be those who will say that that uh, that that Jesus Christ came and 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 everybody uh, can 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 see Christ clearly and equally. Uh, that's not what John is is saying here. John is not saying that Christ came about can bring about a universal salvation, nor is John saying that that this refers to an inner illumination that everybody has uh, 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 some awareness of, of of God that can bring them to salvation. That's not what John is talking about here. He he's not talking about that. All you got to do is make Christ known and and people uh, by the choice and the ability of their will can choose or to reject the, the, the salvation that that he brings. That, that that's, that's not what John is, is talking about here. What John is talking about is that when he says which gives light to everyone, he is pointing to Jesus in his ministry. When he walked upon the earth and he 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 shined the light uh, of the truth of 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 who God is and 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 that truth as as Jesus shined the truth of God and his salvation in his ministry, that truth impacted everyone it reached. Everyone that Jesus that came in contact with Jesus as Jesus shined the light of the truth of God, it impacted them. It, it uh, it impacted everyone that it reasoned. That's what John is saying. It gives light to everyone. Not not necessarily everyone in the world. John is not talking about a worldwide salvation. He's talking about those who, who was exposed to Jesus' ministry. Everybody exposed to Jesus' ministry was enlightened. Read, uh, turn back to Isaiah. Turn to Isaiah chapter 9. And Isaiah points this out. Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. Pouring to Christ and his coming into the world. Uh, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. Isaiah writes this. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness on them has light shone. Again, this is pointing to Christ and his incarnation. When Christ came into the world, uh, he he came into a world that is filled with, uh, Isaiah says, deep darkness. And this darkness is because man is sinful. And so uh, this light, Jesus Christ, gives light to everyone and for us today one of the things that the only thing the priority the, the main thing that people need is not better better schooling they don't need a different president they don't need different movements or they don't need all the things that that the world is is pumping as necessary what is it that people need? 
They need the true light. This is what this this is what this is what people need. They need the true light. They need Jesus. And so the true light which gives light to everyone. Look at verse nine again in John chapter one. Notice this marvelous truth was coming into the world. The world here again represents this dark, this this dark realm, uh, the the realm of fallen humanity, the place where fallen humans live. The world here represents the the the, the place of of. Uh, the, the residence of fallen man, the true light was coming into the realm of fallen humanity in a, in a unique way that has never happened before. It was coming into the world. This is, again, referring to the incarnation. And, and what does this imply? This implies if the true light is coming into the world, this implies that there was no true light in the world. The only way the world got the true light was that the true light had to come into the world. That there is no light coming from anywhere else. If that is true, if it's true that light uh, originates with man, if it is true that there is light coming from mankind, in the world, then that means that all religions say that all religions are equally valid. I've had some, I heard somebody recently say that to me. All religions are leading people to God. John, John says no. The, the, the true light, the true light that brings the knowledge of God, that brings the knowledge of salvation is Jesus Christ. There is no light outside of him. I don't care how good people may be. I don't care how what kind of works they may do. If, if, if they don't embrace Christ as revealed in Scripture. They don't embrace the true God of Scripture. Remember, Jesus, what the pastor that Pastor Mark read said: if, if Jesus said, "If you hate me, you hate my Father." If you reject the true light, Jesus Christ, and the exclusivity of of salvation is only found in Him, then you reject the Father. You you can't have God the Father, the the truth about God the Father, and reject the Son. And this is why this this is a this is a a a, a revelation of, of mankind that that we just can't get it right apart from Jesus Christ. Light doesn't find its origin in mankind. All man's wisdom. If if light found its origin in man, then all man's wisdom would lead to God. All religions would lead to God. But there is. Only one way to God, Jesus Christ said, and it's through him. So the light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Look at verse 10. This true light is a person. Again, the light is a person. He was in the world. 
No, this, 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 this is a marvelous truth. He was in the world. World is used in three senses here. Uh, world uh, is used in a sense to earth. World is used in, in, in this verse in, in a sense to, because it's used three times, it's used in a sense to the universe. And then it's also used in reference to the realm of man. First here, it says, he was in the world. World here is talking about the earth. He came on earth. This, what, what a glo Just think about what that means for a moment. That the creator of the universe, the creator of the world, came and walked upon the earth that he created. Think about that. How mind-blowing that is. The one who created the laws of gravity, the, all the, 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 the natural laws, came into the world and subjected himself to those laws. <laughs> what a glorious thought. The sovereign creator inhabited the world that he created. The one who is transcendent. The one who transcends time, the one who existed, who was outside of time, came to dwell in time. To involve himself with the created people that 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 he created the the people whom he created it's a historic john is making this point that this is a historical reality he came uh, he he was in the world he came to jews and gentiles alike he was in the world and notice john goes on in verse 10 and the world this was made through him this this world here refers to the universe as a whole that, that not only the earth, but all, all creation, the universe as a whole, was made through him. The creator of the world was in the world. How, how would he be received? It, 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 just thinking about, he was in the world. How would, if you just cut it off right here, and, and you just thought about it before a moment, before you read the rest of it, how would, how would the creator... How is how would the one who is the light of God, how is it that the one who is life would be received? When I was in the military, I had an opportunity to do what is called uh, uh, honor guard for the for the U.N. when I was in Korea. And what we did as honor guard was when important people came to Korea, when they came on the peninsula, it, it doesn't matter who it, uh, dignitaries, presidents, uh, uh, states uh, of heads of other countries, whenever they came, they would come and we would put on a ceremony. I did that for, I think it was a month. And we would go there and we, I mean, we had our white gloves, we would fix bayonet, we were looking pretty and nice. All precise, all movement, drills, doing, you know, drill. we had taps on our boots. Uh, when we would click our heels together, you would hear a click. And, and we did that when we were doing that because 
of the message that we wanted to send to the dignitaries that they were important, that they were significant, that we saw them as something that was distinguished and great. And so every time a dignity, the band would be there, they would play. Uh, you had the, the houses there. They would uh, fire their, uh, uh, their, their rounds and all of this was going on. And the dignitary was sitting there looking at it all. This is their reception. When they came to the peninsula, this is the reception that they got. They got a wealth. They got this, this big wealth. Well, how would people receive the we're talking about the creator coming into the world. What is the response? Was there a band? Was there a celebration? Was there worship? Look at the text. Notice the response in verse in verses 10 through 13. We'll see first that the world did not know him. What was the result? We saw the historical reality, the 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 the, the word. Uh, that that is light came into the world. That's a historical reality. What was the historical result? Uh, result. Notice the response. Yet, the world, the sinful realm of fallen man, did not know him. Surely, this is the when the Creator came into the world. People would recognize him. Surely that would be true. Surely people would recognize him as God. Surely people would recognize him as the creator. They didn't. They didn't recognize him for who he was. He was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. John expects for this to sound crazy. Why? Because it is crazy. How is it that the creator, the one who came and his light shines. Into the world that he created. And yet the world did not know him. Know him here. Knowledge here refers to not only knowing things about him. It includes knowing him personally and responding to the truth that one knows about him. He should have been known. He's the creator. He done uh, when he came in, and we'll see in John all the signs, all the miracles that that he did, and people did not know him. Let me, let me tell you. Let me show. Give me give. Let me give you an example of how people didn't know him. In Matthew chapter thirteen, verse fifty-five, Jesus went to his hometown, and listen to how the people responded to him. Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And are not his brothers uh, James, Joseph, and Simon, and Judas? 
the people who knew him well didn't know him. They didn't know him as God, as the son of God, as the Messiah. They thought he was just Joseph's son. And as I started out and I said, if Jesus was sitting here on the front row. If God didn't open your heart, you wouldn't know him neither. You're so sinful. Mankind is so sinful that Christ, when he walked on this earth, he passed right by people and they didn't know it. He passed. He passed right by. They didn't even know. It. Why? Because all people are born spiritually dead. And that spiritual death manifests itself in the inability to see Jesus Christ as he actually is. The, the world didn't know him. The sinful realm of man to whom Jesus walked among, they didn't know him. But it's even it gets even worse. John says the world didn't know him. What is worse, his own people, the Jews, did not receive him. Look at verse 11. He came to his own. Talking about Israel. Israel, as was read in Deuteronomy chapter seven, Israel were God's own special possession. Deuteronomy seven and six says for you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord God, the Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. When it says his own here, this is who the, who John is referring to. The, the, the Jewish people, the people of Israel who was chosen by God to be his Treasured possession. He came to his own and noticed their reception. And his own and his own people did not receive him. They, they didn't welcome him. They, they, they didn't embrace him. Turn turn to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter. Chapter 2. Isaiah writes about this in his time. Isaiah chapter 2. Uh, as you were, Isaiah chapter 1, verse 2 is what we're going to look at. Verses 2 and 3. Isaiah chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. And listen to how Isaiah characterized the special people of God in his time. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth. For the Lord has spoken. Children have I reared and brought up, but they have rebelled against me. Notice what he says in verse number three. The ox know it knows its owner. And the donkey is master's crib, meaning its residence. But Israel does not know. My people do not understand. Wow. 
This is this is this, and he goes on in verse number four: All sinful nations, a people laden with iniquity, offspring of evil doers, children who deal corruptly. The realm of dark. This is what he's describing: the realm of darkness, the the world. They have forsaken the Lord. They have despised the Holy One of Israel. They are utterly estranged. Verse four. John says. The light came to his own and his own people did not receive him. Listen to Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53, starting at verse one. Listen to what Isaiah writes in Isaiah 53. He says this. Who has believed what he has heard from us and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. And and it's talking about Christ. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. Christ, when he came into the world, he humbled himself in in such a way that it, 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 it he didn't come as. Uh, one, as a king came riding on a on a on a on a horse with all his uh, royal apparel, Christ came into the world as a, a a humble man, and yet this one who came into the world was the savior of the world, and mankind did not. Recognize him. Jesus came into the world in the humblest way. He came in the world. He said, I didn't come to judge. He, he came in the world as 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 one who is a, a, a revealer of God. He came meekly. He came gently. He didn't force himself upon people. And yet people rejected him. his own people. Rejected him. Man is, uh, again, man is so sinful. So sinful. Think about the, the, the nation of Israel. They had waited years and years for the Savior to come. They had anticipated his coming. He is walking in their midst, and yet they didn't recognize him for who he is. The light was shining and no one recognized him. No one received him. No one of the Gentiles, no one of the Jews, no one recognized him for who he was. But not everybody rejected Jesus Christ. There were those who were born of God. Look at verse 12. Some did believe in his name. It says, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name. Receive here is to welcome Jesus as he is, welcome him as Christ, welcome him as the son of the living God, reckon, uh, rec, uh, uh, receive him as savior, as Lord. It's a sense of publicly owning Jesus. Remember John, uh, Paul said in, in, in uh, Romans chapter 10 that if you confess Jesus as Lord, 
It's a it's a public this receiving is a is 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 a not only personal receiving but a a, a public owning of Jesus Christ and all that He is. So there were those who did receive Him, who publicly who 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 embraced Him. Charles Hodges said in reference to this receiving, he said to receive Jesus Christ is to accept and recognize him in the character in which he presents himself as the son of God, the savior of sinners, as the propitiation for our sins, as a ransom for our souls, as the Lord of our righteousness. This is what it means to receive and receive him for all that he is and cherish that receiving, welcome that receiving, embracing, embracing him, welcoming him. He said, but to all who did receive him and believed in his name, believe here is to trust in, to rely upon, to have confidence in him and his work of redemption. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, what, 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 was, what is the name that John is focused here on? That Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, the, the one who was prophesied, the one who was, was uh, uh, predicted to come. There was some, he said, but to all who did receive him, to who, all who believed in his name. Notice what he goes on. He says, he gave them the right to become children of God. This, this, this receiving, this believing, because of this receiving and believing, Jesus gave them the right to become the Son of God. Now, I must pause here and say something again. Because it sounds like what John is saying, that because the people received and believed in Jesus Christ, it's because of that and that alone that Jesus gave them the right to become the children of God. I have to say here is that those who do believe in Jesus name, John will talk about this. And I'm going to give you some instances here that 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 there are those who do the ones that Jesus, uh, John is identifying here. Those who did come, who received Jesus who believed in his name, they came because the Father gave them to Jesus Christ. Turn with me to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. I, don't, I can't hurry along because there is some theology in here that we need to set up before we get into the rest of the book. And what we're going to see is that God giving those who John is describing here, it was God who gave them to the son and their response was receiving and believing. God giving them to the son precedes their receiving and believing in him. John chapter six, verse 37. Notice what John says here. Uh, Jesus says here. All that the Father gives me will come to me. Remember what John just said, that there were those who did receive him, those who did believe in him. Why is it that there were some who did believe and receive, in Jesus, uh, receive Jesus Christ? Well, Jesus says it right here. All the Father gives me will 
Notice the absolute statement there. Not maybe. They will come to me and whoever comes to me, I will not cast out. The ones who came to Jesus, he embraced them. He 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 embraced them uh, because they were given to him by the father. And therefore, he gave them the right to become sons of God. Turn to John. Uh, stay here in John. Look down at verse 44. Notice the absolute statement. No one. Absolutely no one. Possibility. No one can come to me. Unless the father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up on the last day. Drop down to verse 65. Then he said, Jesus said this. This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the father. Who are the ones who receive and believe in Jesus Christ? It is only those whom the father have granted to come to Jesus Christ. Turn to chapter 17. Verse 12. As you are verse number two. And Jesus says again, uh, a similar phrase, Jesus, this is his high priestly prayer. He says in verse two, since you have given him authority, talking about himself over all flesh to give eternal life to whom? Who is it that Jesus gives eternal life to? To all whom you who God the father have given him. Look down at verse number nine. Jesus says, I am praying for them. And Jesus here makes a distinction about who he's praying for. He says, I am not praying for the world. But for those whom you have given me for they are yours. So who are the ones who receive? Who are the one who believes? It's all all those, all the people the father draws to the son. It is those who uh, the father gives to the son. And it is only those who will come to faith in the son. They will receive and believe in Jesus Christ. You get it? They will. If the father is drawing them, if the father by his sovereign uh, choice chooses them to come to Christ, they will come absolutely unequivocally no question about it they will come so the ones back in John chapter 1 the 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 son accepts anyone who truly believes in him and he who truly believes in him is the one whom the father has given to Christ because they have been given to Christ, they believe in Christ, they receive in Christ. The response, the response, and we'll talk about this more in verse number 13. The response to the work of God 
is to believe and to receive Jesus Christ. And so it, the son accepts anyone. He says he gave them the right, the authority to become children of God. And notice Jesus exercising his sovereign authority. Jesus must give people this right. This is something that he is not obligated to give. Just like it's not obligated for the father to draw people to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is not obligated to give life. This is not something that you can say that that you can go and say, well, Jesus, well, I, I'm sure that he's going to give it to me. Because you think that it's some privilege, this, this privilege to to become children of God is only reserved for a particular group of people. It's those whom the father grants to Christ. It's those whom the father gives to Christ. It's not an absolute right. And this humbles man in 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 every aspect. What do you mean, pastor? You mean that God must give me to Christ before I come to Christ? Yes. Because if he does not, you will not come. You don't have the ability to come. So how does one become a child of God? First, John tells us how one does not become a child of God. Look at verse 13. He says, who were born, knows not of blood. So it's not a what John is saying. Here, it's not a birthright. You, just because you were born into a certain group of people doesn't mean that you're a child of God. Just because you went to church when you grew up doesn't mean, like I told you, I grew up in the church and I was, I was the devil. And that really didn't come, there's a lot of things my parents didn't know I did when I was out there in the world. I was a bad guy. But I went to church every Sunday. And I used to think, I remember the first church I did go to and the, they asked me, said, you know, they in, in, in a lot of the churches where I'm from, you can join the church by Christian experience. So I went up and I said, I like this church. So I, I went up and they said, well, how do you want to want to join? I wasn't saved. I said, I want to join by Christian experience. Christian experience based on what? I went to church all my life. I want to join the church because I went to church when I was growing up. Not because I believe in Jesus Christ. So it's not about a birthright. Just because you went, to, you go to church doesn't mean anything. Not of blood, nor, nor of the will of the flesh. That is, it's not a human act. He says, nor of the will of man. What he's saying here does not originate in the will of man. So it's it's not a birthright. It's not a human act. It's not uh, the it doesn't uh, originate in man's will. Jesus, uh, John is saying that there is nothing unregenerate man can do to cause himself to believe in Christ for salvation. There is nothing that man can do to cause himself to be born again. And so how does one become a child of God? Notice what John goes on. He says, who were 
who were born not of blood, nor of the will of man, not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man. Notice what he says, but of God. John is saying, before anyone can come to Christ and receive and believe in him, they are already, they must be born of God. Those who come and receive Jesus Christ, they they are already born of God. They believe and receive Christ because they are already born of God. If you made a confession of faith in Jesus Christ, it was because God had brought about the new birth in your life and you responded with believing and receiving. You were born of God. God had done the work in you and you simply, when you heard the gospel, you responded because of what God had already done in you god had acted in you and transformed your heart through the holy spirit and by his word and you responded to with with believing and receiving ezekiel says this in ezekiel chapter 36 we're 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 familiar with uh what ezekiel uh talked about as far as the 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 new covenant In Ezekiel 36, he writes this, verse 26. And this is God speaking. I'm going to go back to verse 25 of Ezekiel 36. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness and from all your idols. I will cleanse you and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. I will put within you uh, uh, a new spirit I will put within you and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit within you and notice what he said he says I will put my spirit and there's something that will is the result of God putting his spirit within you he says I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. And he continues on. I, I, and I. God will do the work that causes his people to respond. People will respond with obedience to God's word when God changes their heart and put his Holy Spirit within. In chapter 37 of Ezekiel, Ezekiel 37 and 14, Ezekiel repeats this again. He says, and I will put my spirit within you and you shall live and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken and I will do it, declares the Lord. God And not only must God do this, turn to Deuteronomy chapter 29. God can withhold it. Deuteronomy 29 and 4. Deuteronomy 29 and 4. Here. The word of God reads, 
But in this day, the Lord has not given you a heart to understand or eyes to see or ears to hear. So salvation, beloved, is a work of God, a work of God. It is to those to whom he grants the ability to come to Jesus Christ. This is a sovereign work of God's grace. Those who receive Jesus, who believe in him, are those who are born of God. John says this in another place in 1 John chapter 5, verse 1. John says this, everyone who believes, listen to, listen to what he says. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ, notice the tense of the verb he's getting ready to use. He says, everyone who believes, who is believing now that Jesus is the Christ, has been born has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been, has been born of him. This is important for us to grasp if we're going to understand the rest of John. That all of the people who saw the signs that Jesus did and didn't respond with faith did not respond because God did not grant for them to come to Jesus Christ. They saw the works. They saw the miracles. And they didn't respond. But there were those who did respond and they responded not because of anything in themselves, but because of what God had done in their lives. Remember the conversation that John is going to have, I mean, uh, Jesus is going to have with John in John chapter 3. He told Nicodemus, you must, Nicodemus couldn't even comprehend, what do you mean? I must go back into my mother's womb a second time? Jesus told him, say, you must be born again. Nicodemus at that point didn't understand what salvation was all about because up to that point, it was all about keeping the law. It was all about good works. It was all about things that, that people were to do. And Jesus was saying, all of those works are nothing. They're like filthy rags. You must be born again. Because if you're left to your natural state, if God doesn't intervene in your heart, Romans 1 is true of you. That you suppress the truth. You know people come to church. They can hear the truth. They can, they can tell you the gospel. And there are those who sit in churches every Sunday. They leave church and suppress the truth. They know it. Because they're intellectually aware of what the truth is. They can tell you what the gospel is. But they don't do anything with the gospel. There is no love for Jesus Christ in them. And what John is telling us here, he wants us to understand very clearly 
that our faith in Jesus Christ, when we're saved, that it starts with God. Our faith is it doesn't uh, our faith in, in Christ does not affect or cause or bring about our new birth. Faith. In other words, just because you believe, if you believe, uh, many will say, if you believe, then you will be saved. You believe because you're saved. You believe because God has done a work in you. And this and what does this do? This gives all the glory to God. This truth, this is rejected. This is hard to swallow because in some way man wants the credit. Man wants man wants to say, I have done this. I did it on my own. Look at me. I responded. I walked down the aisle. I took the preacher's hand. I did that. And I can tell you, beloved, until God turns that light on. You're not coming. And this is the thing that we should be praying for. You say, well, okay, well, what does that mean? Then we shouldn't pray for people to come to Christ. We shouldn't. Our response is, is that God is the only one that's saved. And because God is the only one to save, I will pray for the salvation of my of, of my of my children, of my grandchildren. Uh, of my co-worker, I will pray for them. My neighbor, I will pray for them because if God doesn't save them, they will not be saved. That's our responsibility. It's not our responsibility to figure out how God saved. God does that on his own. And I can tell you that day that the light was turned on, it was unexpected. My parents didn't expect it. I didn't expect it. This this truth should lead us to worship God, because, beloved, if he didn't change you, you would be still walking in darkness. What John uh, Steve Lawson says this, he said, the greatest miracle that God God does in, uh, in the world is save a person. The greatest miracle that God does is the salvation of a sinner who is undeserving. It is truly a miracle. Because apart from that work of God, we will not come. And when we do come, Paul said it like this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 through 6. He says this, he he. he I'm just going to quote a little bit of it. He says, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness. That's why we embrace God as the creator. Because if God can can speak creation into existence, God, uh, Paul says, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. The God who spoke light in the beginning causes you to see the light of salvation for you to respond to Jesus Christ. That is the creator. He's able to do that. 
because he is the one who is sovereign over us. Amen. There's so much that is here. And John will talk about it even further throughout this gospel and we'll deal with it. These, these, are, these are tough truths, but they're, I tell you what, it's the most comforting thing to know that salvation depends upon God. Salvation of my children does not depend upon me. Hallelujah. Because I can't save them. My grandchildren, I cannot, no matter how bad I want them saved, I can't save them. But I know the God who can. I know the creator. I know the savior who is the, who in him, his life is the light of men. I know him and I know that he has the ability to save. And I can trust him with that. I can leave my, my children and my grandchildren with him. I can leave my cousins and I can leave my aunts and uncles with him because he can save. Let us pray. Father, what a humbling truth to know that the light of Christ even today is shining. It's shining brightly through the gospel. It's shining brightly through when the word is taught and word is preached. And yet many turn a blind eye to that truth. They, they, they can sit under the preaching and hearing, uh, uh, preaching and teaching of the word of God and that word does nothing in them. It doesn't move them. It doesn't impact them. That's a humbling truth. And that was true of all of us. That you could be walking, if we were in the time in which Christ came in, in the incarnation, he walked upon this earth and he, he walked among men. We could have been those men and women whom he walked among and we would not have noticed him. We would not have paid attention to him for who he is. That is how sinful man is. That's a humbling truth. And it's a humbling truth because we See, in that reality, there is nothing that man can do to cause himself to come to you in saving faith. You must do the work in man. It's a humbling truth, but it's a marvelous truth. It is a truth that we will praise you for all eternity, knowing that you chose us. You changed us. You loved us. You did what we could not do. You did that work in us and we came and we bent our knee to Jesus Christ and we embraced him as Savior. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Hallelujah, what a Lord. This is a truth we need to be reminded of over and over again. At least we be 
pride, prideful of ourselves, prideful of our own ability, prideful of the gifts that you have given, we, gifts that we have received from you. And think that these things point to us and our greatness. Oh, Lord, humble us. Keep us humble with this truth as we go through the Gospel of John. So that we can close, when we close out this study of the Gospel of John, we'll close it out on our knees in worship. We'll close our knees, we'll close out this, this, this series on our knees, praising you, worshiping you, and, 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 and pointing others to you. And we only can do this because of Jesus Christ, the true light. I thank you, Father. Thank you for this, this day. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.